0: This is the Joe and Amber podcast.
1: What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. Joan Amber, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Serious XM, Channel 80. Make sure you tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. This is Chris Budden, and Myron Metcalf. He did not get a DM or a text. He got an official <laughs> ask from the boss to come on on a Friday night. And join me here. Joan Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes billing easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your production in one one place bundle and save at progressive.com. Myron, we've we've first of all, hello. Second of all, we've reached the Hi. point in summer where I had to do a double take and I'm like, today is 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 Friday. <laughs> happy yeah. Friday, everybody.
2: Yeah, happy Friday to you too, Chris. I think the last time we did this show, I believe we talked a little bit about something called Slam Ball. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know, Slam Ball is live right now on ESPN. For those who don't know, it's happening Slamball fans unite we are ready to go here for the next edition of slam ball
1: i'm i'm excited i'm afraid to watch it i feel like if i watch it i might tear an acl just like, yes. my eyeballs yes. on the screen yes. i also had never heard of slam ball until we did this show and then you started talking about it and i realized i was left out of an entire generation back in our day
2: yeah, yeah, it's something to watch. I mean, it's trampolines. My whole thing, Chris, is like, how do you train? Are you just borrowing the neighbor's kids' trampoline for the day to like try to get ready for this? How do you get ready for something like this? I don't understand. I have-
1: I had this entire conversation with a friend of mine. Remember trampolines back in the day? They were just a free-for-all. There was no padding yes. around the spring. Nothing. Now we got nets. There's circles. Yeah. Like There's absolutely no way <laughs> no. to get hurt on these things. It's like, back <laughs> when we did, it was just like, hey, hope you don't fly off into the neighbor's <laughs> <Exactly>. backyard.
2: <laughs> yeah, and if you All do, right. what, do, you know what? Come yeah. back next week.
1: Yeah, we needed insurance policies uh, for trampolines back in the day. Nice segue because the Giants found themselves a bit of an insurance policy today, signing James Robinson running back and wide receiver Cole Beasley. They announced today the addition of Robinson gives them a little extra depth at the RB position in case Saquon Barkley decides he's going to continue to hold out right now. They're at a stalemate over a long-term contract. Thus is the current state of running back market in the NFL. Uh, As, you know, time progressive, Tony Pollard kind of in the same boat, you know, not getting the the big deal franchise tag. He was wanting Uh, Barkley saying earlier this week that he might have to sit out the entire 2023 season. So the Giants said, we'll get some little extra protection in case we don't have him. Myron, uh, is this a, uh, the Giants reading the tea leaves that we don't think that we'll see Saquon Barkley this season on a field?
2: I think it's a smart move. I mean, I think it at least suggests that maybe they won't see him early in the season, you know, which would make sense. Everything that Saquon Barkley has said has been like, you know what, I'm probably going to hold out, and it makes sense. Like, I think if you're Saquon Barkley, you're trying to make as much money as you can. You're at a vulnerable position where the value of that position is going down every season. you got to make your money now. At the same time, it's also the most replaceable position. You know, So I think that's what you're up against if you're Saquon Barkley, is this isn't like a, a five-star wide receiver or quarterback or someone like that. This is a guy who plays a position where, yeah, James Robinson ain't going to be Saquon Barkley, but you can get enough guys to cre- create some of that value that you might lose without Barkley.
1: Yeah, the question is, do you need him to be Saquon Barkley? They, were, they put up on Get Up this morning a graphic that showed uh, all of the leading rushers for the Super Bowl winning teams over the last decade. Only two of them had their leading rushers over 1,000 yards. So if you can stack up enough depth that you can get, you know, three, four, 500 yards from a couple of different guys, you don't need to pay someone like a Saquon Barkley. Mina Kimes was on NFL Live, or ESPN NFL analyst, talking about the signing of James Robinson.
3: It's hard not to see that say, that news about James Robinson and not just see Saquon Barkley Insurance uh, uh, hanging over top of it. I say that as someone who doesn't believe that Barkley is going to skip week one, but the depth chart behind him, Matt Breda running back, a rookie at Oklahoma, Eric Gray, that they drafted this year, not particularly uh, calming for Giants fans. So in James Robinson, they do get a veteran back who has been Productive at points in his career. He was very good in Jacksonville. The signing makes a lot of sense. It's low cost, low risk.
1: Here's a little bit of background on Robinson. He played for the Jags and the Jets last season. He agreed to a two-year deal with the Patriots in March, but was released after the first day of mandatory mini camp. Uh, during his three years in the NFL, he's rushed for over 2,000 yards and scored 23 total touchdowns. When you look at the running back market, first of all, it, do you agree that it's not worth it to to pay these guys anymore when you look at how long they last in the league and will we see see Barkley this season because Mina thinks we
3: will
2: yeah I think two things are true right like I want to see everybody get what they're worth and I think NFL running backs take such a beating at an early age they should be compensated that's something that the union has to figure out at the same time if you're asking me as a fan I'd never pay a running back like I would never give them long-term money just because you don't have to Like, Saquon Barkley hasn't rushed for over 100 yards since, I believe, week 10. You know, after that, the rest of the season with the Giants, he never rushed for more than 100 yards. And yet they still got into the playoffs, uh, still beat the Minnesota Vikings in advance. They paid Daniel Jones as a result. I also think, Chris, like, we're in a situation where, If you're Saquon, you're seeing the world change. Like, we love Mm -hmm. the Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback scrambling out of the pocket, throwing to some big tight end or receiver. The game is changing, and I don't know how much we need running backs in general. That's why I think Saquon could sit out, because how does he have a chance to get paid? His only hope to me is he has to say, listen, I'm so important. I'm going to let these guys play without me. They lose a couple of games early in the season. They pay him. If that doesn't happen, though, Chris, I think he's going to be in a tough
3: spot.
1: Yeah, the only way that he has leverage is if they start out the season and no one at that running back depth gives them anything because otherwise you're just sitting out – to sit out. And I, the, yeah. Harry Douglas was talking this morning about talking with uh, with Chris Johnson because he sat out. Now, he eventually did get paid, but that was at a different time. Also, when yeah. you sit out, he had said, it took me six weeks to get back into playing shape that I felt like I was comfortable. So if you're Saquon Barkley, the longer you sit out, the longer you become unconditioned to playing in these games. And if you have guys that come in and do an okay job, you have zero leverage. And now you've sat here and you've sat out, and now you're getting nothing.
2: Yeah, and, and it's a dude who's had injuries, right, Chris? Like, yeah. you come in rusty, you've had all these injuries. And, and then I think, too, you look at the Eagles, you look at Kansas City, the two teams in the Super Bowl, if you ask the average fan, who were the top rushers in that game? Who, which running backs had the most care? Nobody would know because they just haven't been prominent pieces of those teams, not the superstar running back. So I think Saquon, I get where he's coming from. I just don't think he's going to win this battle with the Giants.
1: Well, the Jets are going to get their star running back back this season. Brees Hall coming back from an ACL injury. And speaking of the Jets, coming up, how long will Aaron Rodgers play for the Jets? We will discuss that up next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. You want to be a part of a place that has high expectations? Everything's too high. The praise, the expectations, all of it for Aaron Rodgers, who's been a great player but is nearing 40 years old. You know, he brings a lot of wisdom to the quarterback room. He brings a lot of confidence to the offensive
4: side of the ball. I believe Aaron Rodgers coming to this football team is going to pay huge dividends.
3: I'm not going to beat around the bush, man. We want to win the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, you don't make moves in the offseason like we did unless you're trying to get there. You know, that's, that's the mindset. We want to have those expectations. Hey,
1: it's July 21st, 2023, but we're already talking about whether or not Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing for the Jets in 2024. He hasn't even played a snap yet. Joe and Amber ESPN Radio. The ESPN App series XM Channel 80. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. We are not Joe and Amber. We are Chris and Myron in for the two hours tonight. So Aaron Rodgers, who... Again, has not even played a snap for the Jets. Already talking about if he will be around in 2024. He was on 98.7 ESPN Radio talking about being not just a one-and-done.
0: You know, the Jets gave up a lot for me. So, you know, to just play one year I think would be a disservice. Now, if that one year turns out to be a magical year, who knows? But it's more than that, it's how my body feels.
1: It would be... I just laugh at how he says it'd be a disservice because he's he's like God's gift to quarterbacks, and so if he didn't stick around for one more year, I mean, we are really putting the Jets in a terrible situation because I might be leaving you.
2: He he is honestly talking Chris like he's the first quarterback the Jets have ever had. Like that's kind of how he says like I am the first time this is the first time they've ever had a real quarterback. I'm going to stay long term. I mean, I don't know how he can say that. We'll see how it goes. We we don't know. Like, Tom Brady fooled so many people and making it seem like there was going to be this generation of quarterbacks who got better in their late 30s, early 40s. He's the only one. Like, we don't know if this is going to happen for anybody else. After two MVP seasons, Rodgers looked very ordinary last year. So we'll see if he gets back to playing at an elite level, but. You know, I think it's going to be up to the Jets as well with this whole thing. Is are they getting the Aaron Rodgers from the MVP seasons or the dude from last year? Those are two different people.
4: He, he's, but he Thanks also he, he, he so also much. hedged <laughs> he also hedged on it. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. They gave up so much for me. I, I'm gonna be, yeah. <laughs> it'd be a disservice if I was only here for one year. But you know, maybe if we win if if, if we win yeah. a Super Bowl, I will I'll only be here for one year. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know, we'll just have to see how my body feels.
0: Yeah. yeah, he, wants to, he wants to be begged. He
1: basically committed to playing but not committing to playing. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know, my body, after 19 <laughs> seasons, decides it can't take it anymore. Here's what you need to do, Aaron, is just drink room temperature water like Novak mm. Djokovic does, and then yeah. you can have your correct body in order to play for a 20th season. Robert Salajat's head coach <laughs> on whether he thinks Rogers will commit to being there long
0: term. You know, I don't think he needs to. He, you know, I I don't even want to back him to a corner and make him commit to something like that. I just want him to have fun and know that he, when he walks in this building, to to let loose, have a little bit of fun, BS with the guys, come in come in the office, come talk to us, and just enjoy playing football. And uh, odds are, if you enjoy playing football, you're going to want to keep doing it. And uh, but yeah, I'm not. I wouldn't put pressure on him to commit to something like that anyway. But I'd be shocked if it's if he doesn't play multiple years. I mean, he looks like a little kid out there.
1: Little kid in his nineteenth season. I mean, they are obviously concerned about his body somewhat because the trade package did include a conditional twenty twenty-four second round pick that becomes yeah. a first rounder if he plays sixty five percent of the snaps. So everyone all around is also concerned about your body, Aaron Rodgers.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean but but also if you Robert Silent, like uh is he there for multiple seasons? We're gonna find out. Like we don't know if, if he's gonna be there long term. I think though, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're in a very, very favorable spot because we're talking about Aaron Rodgers kind of saving this team and being this incredible addition when really, Chris, that defense is going to be the anchor of this Jets team. Like, that defense could be really, really good. Just re resign Quentin Williams. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about Saw So many incredible pieces. Like, maybe Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to be great, and I think that's part of why he makes the move. He's hoping that he doesn't have to do too much, and maybe that extends his career. I just don't know how good he's going to be.
1: Or maybe he thinks, hey, with all these pieces that we have around me, if you look at what the Jets were a year ago, they were a quarterback away. They had the worst quarterback in the league, and they still almost made the playoffs. So, I mean, anything is an upgrade. And when Aaron Rodgers, you know, is healthy – this is a team that could be a Super Bowl contender. We'll see if it's on either of our lists when we rank them a little bit later. So maybe he thinks, hey, I could play one year, possibly get myself into a Super Bowl situation, uh, and then right off into the sunset. We'll see, you know, Maybe at the end of the year he goes back into the darkness, and the darkness tells him it's time <laughs> to, to hang it up after a couple of days. This is the other thing. Like, I still like it's I would be such a disservice if I left after here because it just like makes me want to bang my head in a wall like I did yesterday in the steam room. Uh,
2: He talks like he doesn't have a lot of friends like he talks. He talks (laughs) like he doesn't have real conversations with other people. Like, that's kind of how his delivery is to me, you know?
1: It's the gift that keeps on giving. So, that said, there'll be a lot of cameras, not just the New York media, but they're going to be the focus of Hard Knocks this season. Is this going to be the best season or the worst season we've ever seen on Hard Knocks?
2: I think it could be the worst, just because I think they're already talking like they're going to put limitations on on what we see. The best thing that happened for the Detroit Lions – was not just sort of the run they had and kind of becoming a a semi-relevant team, but it was all the personalities. We were rooting for the Detroit Lions after they were on Hard Knocks. That's what Hard Knocks does for you. And, And I think the Jets are still the Jets. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is there, but it's still a team that has this terrible history. And if I'm Robert Sala... I'd want those cameras because it'll show that maybe he has a personality. Because right now, like Robert Sala, if you had to describe NFL coaches according to food, like he is a loaf of bread on the shelf. There's just nothing else there. There's not a lot of personality. And it's like maybe here's a chance for you to show us that you have some of that. So hard knocks can be a very good thing. I just think with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be very private, and he's not going to give us access that we deserve.
1: No, I can see him putting his hand up in place of the camera and, like, hiding yes, in the shower. Dude. He's going to, like, he's he's actually going to stay in a tent outside of where the facility is just so, like, no one has access to, like, where his tent is. But, like, you, yeah. okay, so now this makes, this is interesting to me because we were talking, you and I, before we came on the show about the Netflix documentary, Quarterback. And I yeah. said that this show made me fall in love with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. And you think? Do you think he's a loaf of bread? I I, I have a hard time saying that you could watch that show and not like put up little heart emojis.
2: I, I think he's a stale loaf of bread. But here's the thing, though: the cameras can change things. One of the things about a guy like Kirk Cousins, which apparently this series has done, is you don't know that much, right? You kind of only know what you get from the from the press conference. Not a big social media presence. So I think a show like that can change the image of a player. And I think, you know, as much as we're talking about these guys who've been represented in that series, I think Aaron Rodgers has to realize that there are a lot of people who've been hot and cold on him in recent years. He's kind of come off like a guy who sees himself as a prima donna, you know, the dark room, all this weird stuff. There's a lot we don't know about Aaron Rodgers. And maybe this is a chance for him to be like, hey. I'm not the guy that maybe you saw with sort of this turbulent stretch in Green Bay the last couple of years, and I think the other thing, Chris, is they don't want to show guys getting cut. Like that's a mm-hmm. big part of the thing; they don't want to do that. And I heard a lot of people saying that's good. You shouldn't show that. Why not? Like that's the NFL. A thousand yeah. players get cut from the start of training camp to the end. I think people need to see that reality.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch. Uh, I haven't watched Hard Knocks in a couple years, but to me, the most interesting stories they followed were the guys who. We're coming in on free agent contracts and whether or not they were going to make the 53 man roster. Were you going to make yeah. the practice squad? Like, these were guys that, like, we kind of knew from college who were following your story. Like, to be quite honest, like, I'll watch this one just because I'm a little bit interested in Aaron Rodgers, but I agree with you. We're not going to get a lot of content from him. That is who he is. He's kind of like a walking oxymoron. Like, I don't want the cameras, yeah. but I'm going to go play in New York City where, guess what? There happens to be a lot of cameras. <laughs> and I don't want yes. you to know who I am, but I am going to go on you know, Pat McAfee's show every Tuesday and tell you like all the things that I believe to me, like the idea of, of having these players to root for, like now, and we've talked about this with other documentaries. You look at the full swing, like you get a chance to know tennis players beyond the Novak Djokovic beyond the, the, you know, Rafael Nadal's that now, when I watch a major and we're in the second round, it's like, Oh, Hey, I remember you, I can root for you. So if they're not showing guys getting cut, then what are we here for?
2: Yeah, especially in the NFL. Like, we don't know these rosters. People know five players on these teams. Let us get to know some of these other guys who are really trying to make it.
1: We will see if Hard Knocks allows uh, Robert Sala to move up in Myron's book from a loaf of bread to maybe some focaccia or, like, maybe a nice buttery <laughs> croissant. Something a little bit tastier. Coming up, the stories out of Northwestern are just a mess. And Myron is going to tell you what the fallout should be next. We will continue discussing that when we get back here. It's Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.
3: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: A third player issued a lawsuit today against Northwestern. We will dive into the latest there. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. I am Chris Budd, and he is Myron Medcalf filling in for Joe and Amber. So the latest news to come out is a third lawsuit has been filed over Northwestern football hazing scandal. Uh, So far, two Coaches have been fired from all of the programs. Myron, you look at Pat Fitzgerald. The football coach has been fired. Baseball coach has been fired. This is now a school-wide investigation. They're saying this is also involved into the volleyball team, the softball team, uh, the baseball team, a widespread uh, toxic culture there at Northwestern. Margaret Battersby Black, the lawyer for Levin and Perconte, representing the Northwestern players, talked about how widespread it was on that campus. We will get to that sound in just a minute. Myron, I want to ask you, the more details that come out, um, what do you make of it, and and what is the next step for Northwestern?
2: I I mean, it feels like this is going to be an avalanche of lawsuits, right? Like, it just – we've kind of reached a point where it sounds like former players are coming forward, players who, who played on the teams recently. As you mentioned, multiple sports Uh, are involved the attorneys who are involved here are are very prominent attorneys who've who've been involved in big time cases around the country right i I just think the reality is we'd be having a different conversation if this weren't a big 10 team if this weren't a power five team northwestern should cancel the 2023 season in football like they shouldn't play football
1: yeah I want to get your take on that. I want to hear from the attorney first on how widespread this has been, and then I'll get your reaction to what you think should happen if this was not a Big Ten football program.
3: I think my clients have indicated that this hazing existed long before they were there and certainly permeated the program while they were players. And, you know, many accounts are consistent that the – talk of hazing and the reference to hazing began during some of their official visits. And they knew that when they got to campus in June that year, that there was going to be a special treat in store for them. And it was present for all of the years that my clients were there. And obviously, based on the excellent reporting that's been done by the Daily Northwestern, it continued long after they left.
1: You have covered programs with incidents of hazing. Uh, your reaction to what has gone down there and, and how different the perception is because we are talking about a Big Ten football program.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the thing is that like, nobody can say that the athletes on that campus right now are safe. Like You're talking about something that sounds like it's been systemic, cultural, years and years. Players who played 20 years ago, players who played last year are, are saying, yes, this happened. Um, And it's across multiple sports. Uh, I covered New Mexico state basketball, men's basketball, where last year there was a self-defense shooting coaches and players were accused of hiding evidence, um, fleeing police Uh, It turned out to be this big deal. Uh, And then there was a hazing investigation that followed a player had accused uh, other athletes of, of doing some hazing things. Similar to what happened at Northwestern, New Mexico state stopped the season and fired their coach. You know, in mid-February, they said, we're not playing basketball anymore until we figure this out, fired the head coach. And as recently, I think as last month, they paid $8 million in a settlement to the people who were involved in this hazing situation. I think if this weren't a Power 5 team, we'd be having a different conversation about Northwestern. Northwestern should cancel the 2023 season in football. They shouldn't play football. And that sounds extreme, right? But these allegations sound extreme. And my thing, Chris, is it's the same football staff right? Fitzgerald's gone. It's the same football staff and people who played last year are saying this is what was happening. How can anyone at Northwestern guarantee that the players right now are safe from this kind of behavior? I don't think they can do that and they're not going to fix this in a matter of weeks.
1: Well, to be fair, I mean, there there are a large amount of assistant coaches that have come on this year that were not on last year's staff, including the new interim head coach who had come over from San Diego State. Or sorry, North Dakota State. Uh, so there is an argument there that like they're bringing in a different culture. But I understand what you're saying that if this was a smaller program and wasn't part of a Power Five, did New Mexico State the school shut down or was it the conference that told them to shut down?
2: The school it shut it down. Now the okay. the chancellor shut it down. Yeah, the chancellor said we're done. Okay. You know because they just had too many things going on and the hazing allegations is what led to them pausing the program, firing the head coach. And trying to figure out they paid out a bunch of money Um and no one said that's wild. Like no one said that's extreme because it's New Mexico State. The same way in football, if we were talking about Nevada football, if we were talking about Cal State Fullerton football and they said they were pausing the season because of what had happened, if these were the allegations involved in those programs, we'd all go, yeah, that makes sense. But because it's Northwestern, it's like, well, let's just keep limping forward and hope that another lawsuit doesn't come out. How many more lawsuits have to come out? Northwestern has a problem that it can't fix right now in real time. It cannot fix what is happening in that program, what they've been accused of in a matter of weeks. And I don't know how you go forward and play as if none of these things are happening.
1: I get that, but at the same time, are you punishing athletes who had nothing to do with it? Because in that locker room, you have a different, you have different subsets of players. You have some that initiated the hazing, that were a part of it. You have some that were hazed. And then I'm sure that there is a large subset that sat there in the back laughing or not paying attention. So shutting down that program is now shutting down their careers at Northwestern. Now, to be fair, because... Pat Fitzgerald was fired. They have 30 days to enter the transfer portal, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get picked up somewhere else. I just have a hard time saying, let's shut down the program. You are, you are causing more harm on the people who were already harmed in the first place.
2: I think the question is like, how do we know the harm stops? Right. At the end of the day, if this is cultural, we don't know who's involved. My point is this is too complicated at this point to even understand who's responsible, who knew what, So I don't know how you move forward. Yes, those players on the team right now, certainly they're saying, let's go play ball. This is what they want to do. But apparently for the last 20 plus years, they've been saying that at Northwestern with with this activity happening, allegedly happening. So I just don't think anyone in Northwestern can say that the players on the teams right now are safe from this behavior if it is in fact systemic and it's been going on for years and years and years. You don't just show up with some consultant and some assistant coach or whoever they want to hire to kind of be, I guess, the nanny of the program and say it's all over. That's not how cultural changes happen. I think firing Fitzgerald was the first step. It is not the last step. And I don't see how you play football with all of these things coming out about the program.
1: Uh, Margaret Black, the lawyer, representing the Northwestern players on whether or not it was possible that Pat Fitzgerald didn't know about this.
3: The players that I represent say that there is no way that he could be unaware of this. It was too widespread. It was too loud. There was too much talk about it. And in some instances, we believe the evidence that we'll bring in the coming weeks may show that he directly knew about it.
1: Okay, at this point, I don't really care one way or the other whether Pat Fitzgerald knew or not. He's done. uh, he, He may he's got a lawsuit, a very. A powerful lawyer and a lot of money owed to him. We'll see what comes out of that. I have a big issue with why are we now putting all of the blame on the school when there are 21, 22-year-old adults who were the ones actually doing the hazing and there has been no punishment and no talk of anything about Punishing them or suspending them or kicking them off the team. We're not talking like these were 16 year olds that didn't know what they were doing who stole, I don't know, chapstick from a gas station. These are 22 year olds who were doing the hazing. And at some point, someone other than Pat Fitzgerald in the school needs to be held accountable for their own actions.
2: Those guys, you know, whoever did these things certainly should be held accountable. And I think they, I hope they will be at some point, but you have to start at the top. I mean, you have to start at the people who are in charge of ensuring the safety of these athletes. Here's why I blame everybody at the top. And I don't go first to the athletes. The way that something like this happens and it continues is that everybody has decided that this is just what we do. And if you stand up and say something about this, you know what? What? We're gonna bully you. We're we're gonna pounce on you. We're gonna make everybody know that you're a sellout. That you let the world know what was happening in our culture. Like if there's a culture here where this is a part of the toughness of the program, everybody's afraid to speak up. That's the adults in the room doing. That's the coaches and everyone else who's encouraging that. Because at a minimum, to me, players didn't feel comfortable saying, "Coach Fitzgerald, something bad is really happening here, and I'm being abused." That to me alone says enough about that program. If he wasn't involved, why didn't people feel safe enough or comfortable enough to come forward and tell him what was happening? This is so big. It's not just one person. It's a bunch of folks involved. That's why I'm saying, how about we stop thinking about football right now and we move forward to try to fix that issue?
1: Well, we will see what will come about. Uh, A third lawsuit issued today. Coming up, it's time to rank some stuff. Myron will give you his top five Super Bowl contenders next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio.
3: Joe and Amber, the podcast.
1: ESPN Radio, the ESPN I'm Sirius XM channel eighty. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It's time now for our radio rankum top five Super Bowl contenders.
0: From the top five NFL quarterbacks. Five NFL quarterbacks
1: girl, touchdown!
0: What a start! Who actually has one of the prettiest balls I've ever caught in my life? To the top five NFL fan bases.
2: Stop her. Stop her. Go, pass. Go.
0: Them We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's 158. Go rank them the top five Super Bowl contenders. Number five.
2: Yeah, I think you got to go with the Buffalo Bills. I think this Devon Diggs, Josh Allen weird thing that's happening. It's it's like we suddenly stopped talking about it, and I don't really know what that means. Uh, hopefully, they've kind of figured it out, but uh losing Tremaine Edmonds should be the real storyline that's the one thing they have to overcome but I think there's just a really good team and, and at some point you figure it's going to be Josh Allen's year at, at some point he's got to get yeah. one uh they've been in position so many times uh but this could be the season but I think they're number five
0: number four yeah I
2: think for me San Francisco 49ers have a lot of questions obviously a quarterback Uh, But I think the argument to that is they had three quarterbacks last year and nearly made it to the Super Bowl. Use Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Brock Purdy. Will Brock Purdy return healthy? Uh, Will we get a chance to see him in a significant chunk of games? Uh, Those are the only questions. But for Kyle Shanahan's team, they deal with injuries better than any team in the NFL. So it's like anything you throw at them, they find a way to overcome. Uh, So I think the 49ers are, again, a legit contender. We'll never know what would have happened against the Eagles if Brock Purdy had been available the whole game? And I think a lot of 49ers fans are hoping we get a rematch in next season's play, this season's playoffs.
0: Number three.
2: Yeah, there's got to be the Bengals, right? I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow, and he's about to set the standard in NFL contracts, you know, whenever they give him that extension. I think the thing that we're not talking enough about is uh, Cincinnati went out in the draft and, and really helped it secondary, which was a big concern. If you're trying to beat Mahomes, and you're trying to beat some of these incredible players in the AFC uh, in these passing attacks, you, you got to really have a good secondary. And I think the Bengals got better in that key area. Uh, Joe Burrow's going to put up big numbers. We know that. And uh, again, his, his time, he's only year four, but it feels like we wouldn't be shocked if he won it this
0: year either. Number two
2: Jalen Hurts got paid. He deserved it. Uh, a lot of times in these situations, a guy like that gets paid, the team kind of falls apart at some point. Guys go to free agency, and you're sort of like, all right, they kind of had their shot, and then everybody moves on. And instead, the Eagles go out and get Jalen Carter, uh, you know, one of the top prospects in the draft, uh, best defensive lineman in the draft, uh, and a guy who's going to come out right away and just really be a guy who terrorizes quarterbacks and offenses in the NFL. So, like, you can make the case that the Eagles got better, they got their quarterback. They got the guy they wanted in the NFL draft. Their key pieces all return. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts will take the next progression and his play as as a quarterback, which should scare everybody in the NFL.
0: Number one.
2: Yeah, I mean, it feels like we're watching the greatest quarterback of all time. You know, I, I mean, it's nothing against Brady. There's a lot that Mahomes has to do. But just in terms of like raw talent, I don't think we've ever seen anything Like Patrick Mahomes, the Tyree kill trade, people assumed that was going to change that offense. They were never going to be able to do the same things without him. And Mahomes goes out and throws for 5,000 yards again. I just think anytime you tell me that they've lost something, they found a way to get it back. Orlando Brown is gone. Feels like a big loss, but I think the Kansas city will figure it out. Frank Clark is gone. Feels like a big loss, but I feel like Kansas city will figure it out because they have the best passer, not even just in the NFL, maybe in NFL history, And I think that's why they'll be the favorites to win it again. However, Kansas City fans, and I'm talking to you, James Steele, as well. (laughs) History says that Kansas City will not win the Super Bowl. We have had one back-to-back champion in the last 20 years. That was Tom Brady's Patriots in 03 and 04. Now you think about that. Tom Brady did it 20 years ago, didn't do it again. All of the great teams we've had who we thought would have a chance to come back and win another one didn't do it. Mahomes has had multiple chances, didn't do it. So we haven't had a back-to-back winner, Chris, in 20 years, and Kansas City is going to try to break that, but I'm not sure they will.
1: It's only happened 7, sorry, 8 times, but only to 7 teams in the history of the NFL have Teams won back to back. The Green Bay Packers did it Super Bowl one and two. The Dolphins did it Super Bowl seven VII and eight. Then the Steelers, then the Forty Nine ers. The Cowboys did it in twenty seven, twenty eight. The Denver Broncos, and then, as you said, the New England Patriots. James, does that make you nervous? Like the the, the history is not on your Chiefs side.
4: No, no. Listen, I listen. I never thought that the Chiefs would. I didn't even know if the Chiefs would ever win a playoff game uh, while I was alive, and now they've been to three Super yeah. Bowls. They've won two, you know. Um, I watched them win in 2020, and then go right back. They had even they were even better in the regular season. They were 14 and two, I think, the next season, and like the injuries to the offensive line ultimately derailed uh, derailed that promising you know effort to go back to back. Uh, I think they probably could have. They they stomped the Buccaneers uh, in the regular season that year too. But you know, I, I mean, I think they have a great shot at it. But obviously, it's really hard to win back to back Super Bowls. So yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic.
1: Especially when it should be. Mean, your your d- discussion, Myron, about the 49ers makes a good case. Like. Even despite injury, Brock Purdy was able to take that team, you know, through the playoffs. Like the Chiefs ride and die by Patrick Mahomes, and he was yeah. really banged up by the end of it last year, and was still able to come back. How many times can his body sustain that through an entire season? Now uh, we will see. I was really surprised um, on one team that that did not. Make your list. I'll give my list next hour. This team did not make yeah. my list. I just know how much you love Mike McCarthy, and now that he is calling plays for the Dallas <laughs> Cowboys, I'm just like, why? Yes. Where are the Cowboys on your list of Super Bowl contenders, Myron? Well, I,
2: I hope he's got a clock that he can see. You know, he knows <laughs> how much time is left in the game. You know, I, I hope he yeah. can just you know run the right plays. Um, that's going to be fascinating to watch because. The talent is Super Bowl worthy, I think. Like, I think the Cowboys have uh, the talent that says, okay, could they be competitive in the postseason? Yeah, but I just don't believe in Mike McCarthy, and I've never believed in him. I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, grew up in, you know, I understood the Packers and what he did there, but I never thought he won games for them. Now this year the Cowboys are saying he has to win games for them by making the right play call. I think that's a bad bet that I would never make on a guy like Mike McCarthy.
1: Your list is very chalky, although I'm not going to say anything because mine might be a little bit as well. But the Chiefs right now, the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now at plus 600 uh, by most Vegas odds. The Eagles at number two, followed by the Bills, the 49ers, and then the Bengals. The Cowboys coming in at number six at plus 1,400. Uh, We will see how our lists look a little bit different. I I will tease this. Uh, We're a little bit jumbled. But you have a team on here that I don't, which means I have a team on there that you don't. And I kind of already, like, it kind of makes me sick that I put it on there. (laughs) Not as sick as this person that we will talk about in the next hour towards the end. How about a guy taking that works at Burger King and refrying fries that have already been in the trash? That's coming up in the next hour as well. Enjoy your slam ball. We've got much more coming up. Uh, It's going to take Congress to fix an NIL bill. They are trying to get involved with what is happening in name, image, likeness, scholarships, health insurance for college football. We'll discuss that next.
0: Joe and Amber, the podcast.